1: Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country
0: is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. So welcome
1: in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my co-host and fellow football priest. You know him, you love him. Zach calverman zach it was kind of interesting sean payton's little uh, segment that he did for cbs sports which aired during the Masters, a little a little uh segment where um oh my gosh i just spaced her name but where the reporter joined him for uh, i think it was nine holes and they she's asking him questions along the way the cameras are with him the whole time and uh, along the way he kind of teased what his first message to the broncos is going to be because they get to gets them all in the same room for the first time this week. And I want to get into that, but I also found it interesting, Zach, that while he's out there golfing and and enjoying things and she's asking him about work, right? He's out there trying to enjoy some recreation and she's asking him about the Broncos and what it's like in the AFC West now and all this stuff. He couldn't help, but feel a little bit of anxiety and admit a little bit of anxiety of I'm out here golfing, uh, what are the chiefs doing? Are they, they could be working right now and I'm out here golfing, but uh, basically what he said, cliff notes version, Zach. And then I'm going to serve this over to you is, Hey, look, we got, you know, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a difficult off season. How do you interpret that?
2: I love what he said. He was like, I'm out here sipping margaritas and the chiefs could be making moves. I I love his personality. You can tell he's a football lifer. Not too surprising he would take a a tough love approach considering how he's taken pot shots at Nathaniel Hackett over the last couple months or so. But it was a quote today uh, I saw from Chris Thomason, who now covers the Broncos, I believe from the Denver Post. But uh, he got a quote from Mark Schlereth, and this quote pretty much summarizes how I feel, how you feel, Chad, how a lot of people feel. It's what Schleriff said, quote, they've got an adult coaching their football team, an adult that commands respect and fear within the building, which is a good thing. That has been something that has been lacking with this team. Guys have not been held accountable. And I am so encouraged, Chad. He's reading the room, Sean Payton is. He's witnessed or, you know, on on a secondhand nature, what Nathaniel Hackett did last year, it was flew in the face of what he did in New Orleans, and he's rectifying that. Nothing not to like from these comments
1: yeah definitely i mean this is the first time that he's going to get to put hands so to speak on this new team that uh he's in charge of basically and uh the that's a good way to put it i think from stink is that there's an adult in the room and it's not to say that vic fangio was an adult it wasn't to say anything about uh, vance hackett you know I'll, i'll make no comment there about his relative adulthood but um, Sean Payton knows how the sausage gets made And uh, I don't think This time around Broncos fans Need to worry about Alright well he's coaching offense and that's his specialty But is the defense going to be a shambles And you know like this is a guy that Has been coaching in the league A long time as a head coach What was it Zach 15 years in New Orleans Got to the top of the mountain Hoisted the Lombardi uh, it's, It kind of gives me Mike Shanahan vibes When Mike Shanahan uh, came here in 95. Only the difference is, of course, Mike Shanahan was still an unproven, uh, relatively speaking, as a head coach anyway, uh, guy. Whereas Sean Payton coming in, you know, 15 years on the on the resume as a head coach, that's a big difference in comparison. But just that dynamic feeling of competence, you know, we talked about this throughout the offseason, priority of finding that new head coach, hashtag extreme competency. And that's a box they that the Walton Penners definitely ticked when they hired Sean.
2: Yeah, this is kind of random, but you mentioned Vic. Don't want to talk about him being an adult. I don't think he was much of an adult. He was very much immature for his age. You know, I can even give Hackett and uh, VJ a pass, to an extent because they were young. They were first timers, but Vic Fangio was 60 years old. He wasn't recognizing one of his quarterbacks birthdays. He came in and insulted Von Miller on day one. He went out by saying, I can have a job in five minutes, then proceeded to sit out an entire off season. He was very immature, but I think Sean Payton toes the line between being a player's coach, but being a a tough ass when he has to be.
1: I'm psyched to see where this all can lead. Um, With Sean Payton quick let's grab Sam Bam who jumped in before we even went live with a very generous super chat thank Thank you you, big dog we're stoked to uh, talk with you in just a couple of days time it's going to be a gas he says evening everyone Payton's going to send a strong message to begin OTAs that no one's job is assumed and there will be a lot of accountability and strict coaching this offseason go Broncos see you Thursday night Sam, what better segue than that to actually provide you the quote? Here's what he said, Sean Payton. Uh, and this was via Amanda Balianis Renner of CBS Sports. Quote Our first team meeting is going to be right after Easter weekend. And it's probably going to be, I don't want to say no nonsense, but here are the things that are going to help us win. That's kind of where we're at a little bit. This offseason for us needs to be difficult. Right now, I think it's a little bit more like, all right, we're rolling up our sleeves. A little bit, and close quote. And Zach, for what it's worth, anyone who watched the segment, the line where he said, "That's kind of where we're at," a little bit. This off season for us needs to be difficult. He actually said it like this: This off season for us uh, needs to be needs to be difficult. So, like he pondered it, found the right word, difficult. In other words, you can't truly change, you can't truly improve without without some pain. You have to. It's the same principle, or grow is a better way to put it. It's the same principle of when we go to the gym, Zach, and we lift lift these heavy objects, what are we doing physiologically? We're injuring ourselves. We're tearing muscle fiber uh, so that it can grow, uh, you know, so they can grow, right? We're exposing ourselves to resistance, pain, and in fact, actual damage in order to become stronger and grow. And that's in a figurative sense what Sean Payton has to make happen in Denver this off
2: hundred percent. That's a great analogy. Uh, football should be grueling. It should not be easy. It should be, you know, being broken down and being built back up stronger. That's what working out is. It shouldn't be club med, like what Nathaniel Hackett harbored or what even VJ harbored. They should not to say have fear to go to work, but know when they go to work, it's not time for socializing. It's not time for games and hugs. It's time to play football and be men about it. So I love the fact that Sean Payton is instilling this culture. We have two phrases on this podcast about coaching. You mentioned one extreme competence. I mentioned the other all the time, coaching, coaching, coaching. It is going to make the Broncos an infinitely better team on that basis alone. We know they upgraded the players, but having Sean Payton on the sidelines is going to give the entire team the bump they've long been seeking.
1: Amen. Um, Guys, here we are uh, on the 10th day of April. Mike, love you, big dog. Thank you. One of our Mount Rushmore supporters throwing down, showing support and helping us with the conversation. Love you, Mike. Uh, We're on the 10th day of April. I think it's time to do an update and let everybody know where things stand relative to our Super Chat uh, contest, our YouTube contest. If you're new to the show, what we do every single month, we take the top 10 finishers on super chat that's cumulatively all right we take the top 10 finishers in a given month so in the month of april when this month is over the first pot of it of may we'll do a drawing the top 10 names are in the hat name that gets selected they get to choose a denver broncos jersey of their choice we purchase it we ship it out to them as a small thank you uh, for what you guys do to, to support mhh and help us keep the lights on here and we do something similar on facebook
0: Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode
1: is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue, while you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. 10. Let me, let me get the uh, banner off here so everyone can see. Um, right now, the Duchess, who I just saw also chip in here on the chat, holding down with Authority, the number one spot on YouTube with Super Chat, followed by Gary Palmer, the swashbuckler, Renardo at number three, Lady D, as she is known, Deanna Hendry at four, Gyla Maples at five. That's your top five. These are the legends right now, top five. And then, speaking of legends, Naja Altaf at six, Antonio Aragon, who has been a longtime listener, member of our community and supporter, who we didn't see him for a minute, and then he popped back in. He's in the top 10 right now. Uh, Dale, one of our great friends uh, and supporters at 7, DW96734. The DWI guys across the pond, Ethan, uh, tied at 7. Mark Schrader down in Texas, uh, that rounds out your top 10. And then you can just see a few of the names just outside the top 10, including David McElrath, Carol Taylor, Sam Bam is included, Sue. So there is uh, your top 10 on Super Chat as it stands. I guess nine days. It doesn't count today. Nine days into April. Uh, okay, let's jump back in to the chat here. Um, what do we got here? Let's grab uh, speaking of, let's grab Michaela. Love you wow. so much. Thank, Thank you very you. much for your generosity. Uh, let let us know when you get your jersey. I don't want to spoil who it was, but she ordered a uh, unique, I'll say it, it wasn't what I expected to hear. she ordered she wanted a unique Broncos jersey for her um, raffle. A victory i guess so let us know when you get that she says hi fellas what is your opinion on re-signing connor mcgovern pro football focus had him listed last year as the 10th best center love you we love you too zach what do you think about connor mcgovern former fifth round pick of the denver broncos out of missouri i think class of 2016
2: this is a guy that we talked about the Broncos potentially signing to overtake Lloyd Cushionberry or at least provide Cushenberry with competition. The Broncos, though, did not re-sign McGovern, and I'm assuming he's still a free agent. There might be a reason for that, but it seems like if the Broncos wanted him, they would have signed him by now. They added one center this offseason, Kyle Fuller. It seems like they're going into the draft with an open mind. They have Cushenberry They have Fuller. They have Luke Wattenberg, and they're probably at his center in the middle rounds as well. So um, he is a decent option. I think he would be better than Cushenberry, especially in this big Sean Payton power scheme, but doesn't seem all that likely.
1: For sure, I think he would be an upgrade over Lloyd. Um, But it's not an absolute, Zach, but usually, you know, because what was it last year, Melvin Gordon – Was it last year? Got re-signed literally like the day before the draft, if I'm remembering this right. Uh, Was it that late into the process? Yeah, dude, it was late. Fact check me on that. But either way, I mean, we could even think of like the phrase we throw around on the show, saving a little Evan Mathis money, right, for the 11th hour. April April 27th, good memory. So usually though, so that's the exception is what I'm getting at uh, that, that proves the rule. What's the rule? Usually, once the first, second, third wave is over, you know, if a, if a guy hasn't been, if a team hasn't moved on a guy, there's usually a reason why, and it, it's it's rare to happen. I still think he'd be great in Denver, but uh, doesn't seem that the Broncos are aiming that direction, Michaela.
2: And for right now, all we can do is take Sean Payton at his word, and what he said was, we see Lloyd Cushionberry as our starting center. So until that changes, he's center
1: one. Yeah, that was a uh, two years in a row, big news on the doorstep of the draft. Last year, uh, Melvin Gordon getting brought back. And then the year before that, the Aaron Rodgers um, blockbuster stuff. Anyway, Drake, brother, thank you very much for the super chat. Covers the Colts on one of our sister sites, the uh, Horseshoe Huddle. Has his own podcast, by the way, this guy, Drake Wally. Appreciate you throwing down a super. He says, haven't asked much about Javante Williams. You dudes think he gets to that peak? with Sean Payton, 250 carries, 1,000 yards, kind of a bounce back. Zach, I don't doubt that that is a uh, a distinct possibility for Javante Williams in a Sean Payton offense. I'm just not thinking, I'm just not very certain that happens this year, just because his knee injury wasn't, not to make light of an ACL tear, because obviously that's a catastrophic injury, but um, he tore multiple, ligaments there's a lot going on with his particular knee injury uh and even though i don't it happened relatively early in the season i want to say it was week four if memory serves um i'm not certain despite what the broncos tell us i'll believe it when i see it when he's actually in the offense you know playing starters down or or starter snaps getting after it so i'm thinking that kind of production and i hope i'm wrong but i would expect that kind of production probably doesn't come till 2024 just because, you know, it's probably one of those things, Zach, where first quarter of the season, if he plays, you know, they're just kind of working him into action. And then when he starts kind of getting some momentum, if he does, it's probably middle of the season, if not after.
2: Yeah, I mean, the injury thing is the most obvious reason as to why, but also the fact that Sean Payton comes from a two-back system, and so does George Payton as well. And they signed Samaj P. Ryan to a – fairly lucrative contract they sign him almost to be the temporary starter and one of the reasons why p ryan chose the Broncos over returning to uh cincinnati was he wanted more opportunity to be the guy he didn't want to just be the backup he didn't want to have the scraps on third down he wanted to be early down uh the back there so they have him and um They also keep working out running backs as well. I had a story today, Chad, about the Broncos having an upcoming top 30 pre-draft visit with Central Michigan running back Lou Nichols III, who led the NCAA in running in in 2021 rushing yards. And he was also the uh, conference offensive rookie of the year the year before that. So you combine all those things together, and it seems like javante would almost be the cherry on top anything they get from him this year would be a bonus but they have p ryan as the number one and they'll probably have a rookie fighting for number two duties
1: howie freaking day by the way howie you won the jersey for facebook dude for the month of march uh so send us an email with what jersey you want what size and your shipping address so that we can get that out to you big dog you won the jersey you are the rightful winner randomly selected of the top contributors on Facebook in the month of March. So shoot us that email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. What's up fellas. He says, old school feel the energy feels different. It does. And that's maybe that's what it is. Howie, um, when I compare the way it feels energetically right now, comparing it to the Mike Shanahan uh, arrival, it almost also feels that way, like similar to Kubiak showing up in 2015. Although, obviously very different circumstances. Kuba arrived um after, you know, three consecutive playoff berths with the Broncos, uh, or four, four consecutive playoff berths with the Broncos. Shanahan arrived after a couple of dark years, um, a few dark years, you know, two dark ones under Wade Phillips as a head coach, and of course, a couple of dark ones to end the Dan Reeves era, because there's a reason why he was uh, shown the door eventually. So Uh, Yes, feels feels old school a little bit, and it definitely, Zach, feels different.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't even think it feels that way. I think it is that way. And there's a reason why it it feels. It's because the contrast from Hackett to Sean Payton is night and day. And that's why, despite the Broncos record in recent years, despite them falling off the the relevancy map, landing Sean was such a get for the organization that almost from day one, he instilled a different culture. Almost from day one, it was addition by subtraction when the Broncos moved on from Hackett. It shows how bad Hackett left the Broncos, how bad Vic left the Broncos, how bad VJ left the Broncos. And you have a coach coming in who has more talent and ability and potential than all three of them combined. So it's definitely shifting now, but I will say this. Nothing will be different and nothing matters until and unless the Broncos win football games on the field where it matters.
1: Well said. Howie, don't forget to send us that email, bro. We want to get you your jersey, okay? Uh, Gary, bro, currently sitting at the top, well, in the top five anyway, in the Super Chat rankings this month and throwing down a very generous Super Chat. Love you, you, big dog. Says, hi, Chad, Zach, and Scott. I wouldn't have thought of Sean Payton as head coach a year ago, but here he is, Kismet, go Broncos, MHH for life. Yeah, right. It's it's just weird. It's funny how things work out. Are you a believer in serendipity? And if you're not, maybe a better way to put it is, are you a believer that some things happen for a reason? Uh, Because I am a believer in those kind of things, and um, you know, and if that's true, then that means the Broncos had to go through what they went through, not just the last seven years, but the uh, indignities and everything that was suffered this past season to get the right guy here.
2: It's a little hypocritical or contradictory. I don't believe in coincidence, neither do you, but I do believe that most things, if not everything happens for a reason. So the Broncos going through those years of mediocrity, going through the head coaches, going through the Nathaniel Hackett disaster, all led them to Sean Payton. And when we were in the true bottom chat a few years ago, when they were just mired and suck to quote Emmanuel Sanders, would we all thought any of us thought it was possible that sean freaking payton would walk through that door a few years later we got
0: another day of nba action and with FanDuel, every night is a watch party so it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets so what's the move tonight gang you know that new customers who bet five dollars get two hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you win we're heating up fam Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on Vandor. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets. If you win, make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the film. It go down. It go down in the 21+ and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com/sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: The
2: National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on Ion. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. Ugh. 25 Saturday nights, 50 matches, all season long on ION. Out in front to Williams, slips through, here's a shot, and it's in! This is a game-changer for
0: sports. Sabina takes a shot herself! Hammers at home!
2: Oh my goodness! See the full schedule and find where to watch at IONNWSL.com. I know it's easy to say now on April 10th, I know it's all talk for now, but the results I promise are going to come out because he is that good of a coach and it can't be overstated how important and monumental of a hire that was for the franchise.
1: What's it going to do for Russell Wilson? Because that's where the, the the ultimate destiny of this team, at least in the short term, Zach, hinges. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be, you know, people are going to be like talking about how Sean Payton... You know, miracles spring forth because I think that's how drastically different Russell Wilson is going to be in 2023. Does it result in a, uh, you know, 15 and two season? Probably not, but it results in a significantly improved Wilson, which means a significantly improved Broncos. And I think by the time you get to December later this year, you're going to be looking at a Broncos football team that if nothing else is competitively relevant In the playoff conversation, the Papa Bear himself, David McElrath, throwing down a super. Thank you, Big Dog. He says, good evening, Broncos country. Zach, Chad, Dylan, I read it out of order, and Deacon Scott. Hashtag Buckham times two. That's Buckham with a B, YouTube. MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life. Thank you, David. Your support every single night means the world to us, Big Dog. And you know what? Also, as a a veteran, special shout-out to all the veterans uh, under the sun. And especially those that are in Broncos country, um, much love and respect to those who have served this country. Love you.
2: Veterans, active duty, anyone who served our country will always have my respect forever. Definitely appreciate you, David. Uh, Going back really quickly, though, about Sean Payton, Chad, you mentioned kind of like a butterfly effect of Russell Wilson being better makes the offense better. The offense better makes the Broncos better. Sean Payton will be the guy stepping on the bug to make the butterfly effect go into, you know, into place and, and kick that into effect. So it's going to be a process that it might not end. Like Chad said, with a 15 win season, but it could be a nine, 10, 11 win season. And all of us would sign up for that after the last half decade.
1: Amen. Uh, real quick. I'm just grabbing this, uh, as a message to Michaela Israel, Michaela, do me a favor and shoot us the, uh, Link to that article that you read um, on Bleacher Report. We'll take a look at it after the episode. Um, we could cetera. have ended
2: that sentence, though, with Michaela saying she saw it on Bleacher Report after report. It's it's right. a random person who does, doesn't cover the Broncos, has no idea what's going on. It's their own opinion. So, Michaela, I wouldn't read too much into that.
1: Uh, Phil, down in Tucson, proving that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being, baby. He says, Evening Priest and Deacon Scott, going to be great to see adult coaching, an adult coaching these guys from OTAs and on. Yes, it is. Um, And Zach and I are stoked because it's been a a dry couple of weeks as far as Broncos news and relevant storylines are concerned. And we're going to get hopefully some media availability, some quotes, some guys at the podium this week. So that's mana from heaven, and not only for, you know, articles, but for conversation fodder for us here on the podcast every single night. So stoked uh, that that begins phase one this week.
2: I find it a little strange, too. The Broncos have had such limited availability, limited press conferences. You think the new coordinators like VJ would talk. They haven't really right. spoken yet. So uh, Sean Payton really is going about business a different way, and I, I do like it
1: a lot. Hashtag in Sean we trust. Uh, Phil, love you, big dog. Albert Knopper's in the house, the uh, the mile high duchy, as he is, as he is uh, beginning to be known as. Great to see you. Give our best to Michelle, my friend. Um, Jason Metz, very generous super chat, throwing down yo, Jason, thank you, big dog. Says, Hey, MHH family, love what you all do. Hit the like button and share. Listen to what this man is saying right now. You know, liking the video, you hear us talk about it at the end of every one of our streams. But it's seriously, guys, uh, a small thing you can do that helps us out in a big, bad way, especially, especially if you're on face, watching on Facebook or YouTube, whether it's live or after the fact. Please do us that kindness. Um, appreciate that, Jason. You are the man. And Robot of Doom checking in, I see, from uh, Twitch land. So good to see you, big dog. Um, all right. Lawrence Rivera. What's up, everyone? I'm going to be in the background. I'm staying in my deck, throwing down uh, some support. Hey, good luck with that, my friend. That can be hard work. So hopefully we can uh, take the edge off with a decent conversation for you tonight, big dog. Uh, James Richard, did we ever settle this? Scott, nod if it's correct. Richard or Richard? Did we ever settle it? I don't think we settled it. James, (laughs) you settle it in the chat, okay? Thank you for the super chat, big dog. The Predator himself saying, was, Denver, was Denver's defense within the top five last year? If so, that puts them number one because no defense was on the field as long as Denver. I mentioned this before, but feel it needs to be addressed. Let's say you, and it kind of cuts off. Uh, well, he, he kind of jumps on here. A better reward for your super chat challenge would be to invite the person one-on-one, maybe two of your shows. Yeah, we do that uh, in a different way. But uh, that's that's good feedback. We'll definitely take it under advisement. Zach, give him an answer, and I'm going to pull up so that we know we can remember exactly where they finished uh, defensively.
2: Well, number one, Sean Payton already admitted that about a month ago in his press availability by saying there's a lot of different reasons why the offense was so bad last year or the defense. Whatever he was talking about, and he mentioned the offense being on the field uh, you know, th- so many three being on the- not being on the field so much. The special teams game, not helping the defense either with the field position. So I commend, I know he's long gone now, but I do commend the job as Giro Evero did in his one and only season as Broncos defensive coordinator. Number two, we did those breakdowns l- literally each and every week. As much as it pained us, Chad, and the Broncos were consistently top five each and every week until the end of the season when the uh, aforementioned offense special teams put them in bad situations. Injuries started to take hold, and I think teams figured them out a little more. But they were – all that green that you see in front of you was consistent through most of the year.
1: Yeah, so for those who are listening, like Lawrence, staying in that deck, your Denver Broncos defense finished last season. When you see green on the screen, that means it was a top 10 finish. Uh, Black means middle of the road. Red means bottom third. All right. They finished at the Broncos' defense in yards per game, 7th ranked. All right. Yards per play, 6th ranked. Uh, Points per game, they gave up 21.1 per game. So that was middle of the pack. That was tied for 14th. Rushing, they were the 10th best rushing defense. Passing, they were 12th. Fumble recoveries, they were 22nd. So we didn't have as many fumble recoveries as we'd have liked. Uh, Takeaways, they were middle of the pack. 23 total takeaways. Sacks, they were bottom third. So this is, again, a reminder of why upgrading the edge and figuring out how to bolster that unit becomes paramount. But Broncos only posted 36 sacks last year, which tied them for 23rd in the league. But here's where they really shined. All right, third down percentage. Juro Evero did a bang-up job. There was only one defense did better on third down than the Broncos. So Denver finished second there. And then red zone. They hung t- uh, tough there, Zach. For most of the year, they were the number one mm-hmm. red zone defense, and it wasn't until the wheels came off, circa week whatever week that was Christmas was it sixteen or was that fifteen? I'm trying 15. to recall, but I think it was fifteen. But either way, it was about then when the wheels came off, and you know, it ended up dropping them down to seventh. But they still finished, Zach, seventh in red zone defense, and then just. For a contrast here, look at this. Uh, look at this offensive stuff. It's all red and black. Not one singular green statistic, meaning they didn't finish top 10 in any of the noteworthy uh, offensive categories. Bummer. If you consider the defense, I mean,
2: when they were healthy, they truly were a force to be reckoned with to the extent that we were talking about the best Broncos defense since Wade Phillips. But how do you expect to continue that over a course of an 18-game, 18 18-week 18 season when you lose Randy Gregory, when you lose Draymond Jones, when PS2 was hurt, when Simmons was in and out? I mean, those are your core players. Baron Browning, it's tough to maintain that dominant ranking when you have everything going against you. I'm excited to see this Broncos defense healthy and with an offense that actually pulls its weight for once
1: scott's over here eating his heart out because 36 sacks he says was damn near double the falcons (laughs) they were up there though when granny gregory was healthy i
2: mean to make it a serious conversation they really were legitimately a top three unit in sacks and um game-changing plays they were finally getting to the quarterback they were aggressive it's a shame we couldn't see that over the course of a full season
1: indeed george fox brother Thank you. Appreciate your support as always. He says, thanks for another great pod, guys. I'm a fan since 1960. We're talking OG here. This is the only way I get information on my team down here in Florida. Denver Broncos for Life, MHH for Life. Hit the thumbs up, guys. Yes, indeed. Hashtag state of being, bro. Hashtag state of being, George. We're glad to have you with us, my friend. And we consider it an honor that you get your Broncos information from us. Thank you, bro. Uh, Colby the triple C in the house saying I'm ready for the draft it needs to get here yeah I know dude I know but uh, all things in there you know come in their time or whatever wasn't there a song in the 60s and time for the seasons or whatever forget what I just said but um, once we get to the draft you know then we get Zach a, a decently um, active May with OTAs and then it's that NFL desert, the six week period in between the end of OTAs and that beginning of training camp that's the period I truly I guess dreads not the right word because I don't dread anything about what we do but that's the, the my least favorite section let's just say on the NFL calendar because unless a, a player or something unfortunately gets arrested or gets into trouble or there's there's nothing by way of news that typically happens. So that's when we start getting into like, you know, the speculation and having fun who, who deserves to be in the hall of fame, you know, all that. Who's top 10 in this position. This that's what, that's where we reserve it for that. So, but we feel you Colby draft will come though. It'll come sooner than you think. So, uh, James it's present. It's pronounced Richard, Richard. Yeah. Okay. That's like my, my grandpa's name, Richard. Okay. Good to know. I'm not going to forget that. I will never ask again. Easy to remember. Thank you for the clarification. Big dog. Thank you. Um, okay. Let's see here. Um, Howie got your email. I see that, big dog. We'll get that rolling uh, tonight after we get off the stream, my friend. And thank you. Throwing down more stars. You are a prince. Really appreciate you, brother. Um, okay. So, Zach, I want to circle back here. Actually, let me grab this from Nick Hill. Nick Hill, very uh, outgoing listener, supporter of the show, musician to boot. This dude's got some skills with a Z. He says, sup, Lil CZ, (laughs) My favorite quote from Sean Payton so far has been, we're playing tackle football and you have to practice tackle football. What a stud, MHH for life. So, you know, I like Lil CZ, you know, for the show. But when we finally unveil Zach Kelberman's solo hip hop record, that's not going to do. It's going to have to be Zach centric. Okay. So we'll come up with the, we'll come up with a rad handle. Um, after I come up with the beats and then Zach comes up with the, the lyrics and the flow and all this stuff. And then we'll get Scott, you know, cause every chorus part kind of needs to have some of that melody. We'll get Scott to sing those parts. Um, and maybe Nick Kendall can harmonize. I don't know. We'll see. But yes, Zach, this is uh, one of the best things we've heard him say. I so, do far. know,
0: we're playing tackle football and you have to practice tackle football. And, uh, <laughs>
2: Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com aware. That was my favorite comment. My second favorite when he was asked about playing starters in the preseason, he's like, yeah, we're playing football. The starters are going to play in the preseason. And before that, he was saying, well, last year they didn't do nine on sevens. They didn't do one on ones. They didn't do all these things. It was a lot different than how we did it. It was the nicest way of him saying that Daniel Hackett had no idea what he was doing in Denver.
1: Look, here's the thing, you know, trailblazers, when they blaze that trail uh, in, the, in the moment when, while it's happening and you don't know how it's going to shake out, you know, there's a reason why those guys get criticized. When it works out, you look back on that and go, wow, they were uh, seeing around the curve, you know, they were innovating, they were thinking ahead. When it doesn't work, you realize, okay, this is a, this is a guy that didn't know what he was doing. And in the case of Nathaniel Hackett, Zach, He got a little too big for his britches. He got a little too, I don't know, like too cute. It's like if you go out playing, uh, you know, myself as a 43-year-old dude, if I were to go out and play a pickup game with the bros and I'm like, my number one focus is, play, you know, pickup basketball game or something, I don't want to blow an Achilles. I'm probably going to blow an Achilles because, like, I'm inviting that. It's it's called the law of uh, attraction, okay, the secret. Look it up. And that's basically what they did. It it can be inverted as well. When everything you do, Zach, is motivated out of a fear of, I don't want this injury to befall my starters, the universe will respond in kind, and it's not going to be the way you think. You have to expose yourself to the refiner's fire in order to be refined. You have to go through that, and uh, Nathaniel Hackett missed that memo, so to speak.
2: A lot of people clown the secret. It's very mainstream and cliche, but the law of attraction and manifesting things, oh, I it's believe absolutely it true, dude. Is it's 100% absolutely true. real. So that's what Nathaniel Hackett did last year. He kept saying, I'm not going to play my starters. I don't want injuries. He was so scared. But by him putting that out there into the universe, it came back tenfold. And the Broncos ended up with, what, 25 players on IR. So Sean Payton isn't afraid to meet that task head on because he realizes this is football. It's a hard, hard business. And you have to go toe-to-toe in a war.
1: Exactly. And, you know, the law of attraction, here's where people get it wrong. They think, oh, you know, I can magically um, ask the universe to provide X, Y, or Z, and it will just happen. It's like a incantation, you know, it's like conjuring its magic or something. No, you have to manifest it, uh, and you have to ask for it, and you have to visualize it, and you have to, all that. But what people miss is the other component to that is, if you actually are doing those things uh, in good faith, and you're genuine about it, then your actions will flow in that direction as well. All right. It's kind of like another way of saying, uh, God helps those who help themselves. Okay. It's a similar principle in that if you are manifesting, all right. And you are trying to, uh, whatever it might be, you want that promotion at work. You want that parking spot that is always taken outside the building, whatever it might be. You want, you know, this person that you've got a crush on, you want this career, whatever it might be, you manifest. Okay. Um, you try to draw yourself toward that through your thoughts etc but for that to actually be manifested to you your actions have to also flow in that direction and that's the part of the equation that a lot of times people miss on the law of attraction
2: yeah i mean personally years ago it might be a little cringy now but I read through the secret through a bunch of those different methods that you're supposed to write down something physically and put it on the wall in front of you and look at it and visualize it. So maybe hack can do that for some hair. We'll see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Um, Clayton Heron. Good to see you, big dog. Yep. Hope you had a great Easter as well. My friend um, Scott, keep an eye out for robot. We haven't gotten a uh, Twitch question in a couple of streams and I feel I feel really bad about that. Uh, Donnie wants to know, Zach, are we going to be at a home game this year again? Um, are you guys going to be at a home game this year again? Like last year, I think is what he meant to say. Yeah, every single year. Yes, as, as Scott put in the chat, every single year it is tradition now. We established the tradition. We were going to do it 2020 <clears throat> is when we actually meant to establish it, but we all know what went down in that particular year. Couldn't do it. So... began in 2021 the mhh meet and greets and it's a lot of fun so once the actual schedule comes out we'll pick one of the dates uh in the first quarter of the season so that we can hopefully have decent weather and then we'll set up shop a big mhh tent we'll bring food and we'll bring uh, drinks and table and merch and this and that music we hang out uh people can come talk to us you know grab this grab that get a photo we do a live stream podcast or two while we're there uh and then of course. We go watch the game and have a lot of fun. Um, So that's the plan again this year. But we don't have a date for you until we know what the schedule is. Uh, We want to pick a juicy game for that. So uh, Malcolm up in Homer. Awesome in Alaska. We got a lot of fans, uh, Bronco fans, and then a lot of listeners of this community uh, up there in Alaska. So uh, R. Butler, hello. Right back at you, my friend. Uh, And Patrick, aloha, Priest, Great to see you, brother. Appreciate you every single night. Michaela Israel, Throwing down, give our best uh, to the to the boy to Cooper. He says, "You guys rock, love that." Thank you, Michaela. Um, guys, we're at thirty-eight minutes, just about. So, if you have any burning topics, get them in the chat because we are about out of time on a Monday, Zach, in the middle of uh, the off season. Maybe we won't uh, go an entire hour. So, get it in the chat. James, Richard, jumping in with another super chat. What is that number four tonight? Going off, dude. Thank, Thank you. you James. He says, "You guys are great. Not brown nosing, but your analysis, ability to articulate the point, and pay attention to your supporters is awesome." Shout out to Mile High Huddle. Very kind, brother. Very kind. Uh, that's what we do. That's what we try to do. Is um, um we do. It's not really uh, what we try to do. That's that's not the right way to say it. We actually do take an interest in each one of you. You know, so love you, appreciate you, James. You, the man, big dog. Thank you.
2: And it's just who Chad and I are. It's just what we do. We, we don't come up with a, a, a script before the podcast of what to say or what takes to say or what stances to take. Chad has his view. I have my view. 99.9% of the time that aligns, but we always tell it like it is. And we damn sure always appreciate each and every single one of you.
1: Very fortunate. We are. We're very lucky. Very fortunate. So thank you guys. Shane in Tucson, uh, you and you and Phil maybe have to go grab a coffee sometime, big dog. Uh, Michael, thank you, brother. Every single night, every single night. Legendary. Uh, what's the latest, though, on the offer? When are you going to join the show? When's this going to happen, Mike? All right. I tell you what, if you're tripping out on it, because not everyone wants to get on a microphone and feel like, you know, the sh- light's shining on them or that they're being put on the spot. I tell you what, we could even do like a, a test run that doesn't get aired. We just have fun and talk to you for a couple minutes, kind of. Give, give you a feeling of what it might be like. Cause that's really all it is. Ask anyone that's ever been on the show. All right. Ask either of the Michaela's both been on the show are great. Um, Michaela's in our, in our community, Mount Rushmore's they'll tell you, it's just a conversation with us. And then we, we weave the community into that conversation. And it's actually quite um, uh, what's a, what's a good way to put it, Zach. It's it, it goes by fast and it's mm-hmm. not going to feel awkward or forced. I think for most people, Once they join the show and a lot of people, Zach, we've offered to come on. They've come on reluctantly, some of them, where it's like, you know, they have these anxieties about being put on the spot or whatever. And what do we hear afterwards? Wow. That was fun, dude. That actually was a lot Mm -hmm. more laid back than I expected it to be. So think about that, Mike, because it would be cool to have you on the show.
2: A lot of people tell us before the pod, when they come on in the green room, like I'm so nervous, it's weird being on camera. I don't know what to say, but, I swear it gets really easy once you start talking. And if I can't speak for you, Chad, but if you went back and found my first ever like Facebook live stream, my first ever, you know, Mm -hmm. time I got on camera, I was so freaking cringeworthy. And y'all will be any one of y'all be better than me. So it's just talking Broncos and hanging out with us on the corner. It's like we're all a close knit family here. Nothing to worry about.
1: And Mike, no pressure, bro. By the way, Uh, I hope it doesn't come off as pressure. It's just something we would we would definitely love to have you on sometime. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. We're happy to just have you in the chat, too, in the community. So uh, the Duchess throwing down again. Thank you. She thank says you, MHH is the GOAT. That's a, that's, a, that's a hats off comment for you. Love you, Michaela. Appreciate you so much. And she's saying loved it, her uh, appearance on the show, for what it's worth. So she's been on the show multiple times, actually. Um, and the meet and greets, she's always there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she'll be there again. Um, this coming fall, so it's going to be a gas. Uh, Zach, have we are there any topics that we have not uh, delved into that need to be addressed today?
2: There's one I don't know how deep we want to get into it. We've got Robot of Doom saying, Oh, guys, you're good. I'm just h- hanging out and vibing in here. Appreciate you, Robot, as always. Hope you're appreciating the immaculate vibes we have on the podcast. But, um, Draymond Jones had oh, yeah. media availability today in Seattle, yeah, yeah. I think it was today. And I want to give you his quote on the Broncos last year the Russell Wilson trade. This was from Draymond. He says, "I mean shit. They should have just traded me from the jump. I was included in the trade. Denver said no. Denver didn't pay me my proper respect, so I'm here because Seattle, they respected me from the jump." And my quick analysis is that of that chat is he he's talking like he's Aaron Donald. He yeah. was mid For a majority of his career, he's acting like he had 15 sacks last year. And last I checked, not only did the Broncos offer him, it had to have been 12, 13, 14 at least. I know Seattle offered more, but Seattle didn't make him a priority signing. He was signed after the signing period began. So how is that paying your proper respects? I'm so happy. Looking back on it, I wanted the Broncos to re-sign Dre if possible, but they 1,000% made the right choice. His attitude is cancerous, and he's a, the type of guy that will check out after getting paid. He's Seattle's problem now.
1: He's, look, I'll, you know, in the same spirit of something's happened for a reason or whatever, there's also a reason why he wasn't a priority for the Broncos and why Sean Payton was uh, at peace with letting him hit the bricks, so... I wish him the best. I agree with you though. I don't think uh, I don't think you're gonna see some kind of a uh you know quantum leap forward from Dre in Seattle. I think he's he's shown you what he is, and what he is is a, he, he can be valuable, but he's not Aaron Donald. He's not gonna give you double We're digit sacks. he's not gonna uh be a upper echelon run defender inside. You know, he's a he, unfortunately He's a this-much-above-replacement guy. Um, and we'll see. You know, Zach Allen, that was another story that came out today. I think uh, Keith Cummings had the write-up for us at MHH. But uh, his superpower, according to his former position coach uh, in uh, with Arizona Cardinals, is that he is like crazy mental uh, football IQ whack job and out-prepares all-comers. So it's going to be fun to see how he fits in. And obviously – just that approach, for for whatever reason, that approach is at least part and parcel of how he became more valuable to the vision Peyton's trying to build in Denver than, say, Draymond Jones, who, you know, comes off a little bit too uh, sour grapesy. Always been a little bit of a curmudgeon at the at the podium, and you know, it's whatever. Get that bad juju out of here.
2: I mean, six and a half career sacks, he's never topped that. And if you're talking proper respects, you better have 15 sacks at minimum. I think Dre is a legend in Dre's own mind. He's one of those people, and you don't want that in the locker room. It's poisonous. It's cancerous. And I think Zach Allen, Chad, pound for pound, cent for cent, will be a better and more productive player than Draymond Jones was.
1: It's like one of my best friends uh, coined a term, or at least it's the first I ever heard it that we use to this day uh that guy's the he's the coolest guy he knows right like uh that that's the kind of guy draymond is but anyway james bro thank you big dog He says i don't think it's possible for russell to have a season as bad as last year under sean payton um what say you so no i i think last year again i'm look no we don't have a crystal ball we can't perfectly predict the future but Knowing what we knew about Russell Wilson, one of the things that made us so excited about him, and, of course, it's another reason why when the failure to meet that expectation was made complete, fans were so just turned off on Russ, was the fact that his sample size was a 10-year reign of, of dominance, basically, in Seattle. 10 years, missed the playoffs twice, nine Pro Bowls. And then you look at the mitigating factors that led to his quote-unquote, down year or regression, whatever, and you and you think, how noteworthy were they? What, were, what are we talking about here? Well, some pretty uh, distinctive facts uh, are at play here, one of which is, Zach, only two head coaches in NFL history have been fired during their first year as head coach since the Super Bowl era began. The guy that presided over Russell Wilson's down year is one of them. We believe that something's happened for a reason. We don't believe in coincidence. So that, again, talking about getting the bad juju out of here, that's gone. The Hackett thing, goodbye. Blown out of here long before the season even ended. Um, So then you look at the track record, Zach, and the resume coming in on the coaching side from Sean Payton. Put that side-by-side next to Russell Wilson's, and you, you start to see that, okay, there could be something special brewing here. It was bad last year with Russ. We're not going to make light of that. There were times that everyone was questioning their sanity. That's how bad it was. It's like, yo, this dude was like elite player. Why does he look like the 34th best starting quarterback in the league all of a sudden? Like, am I going crazy? Am I tripping here? And you weren't, but there were reasons why. Um, And I think now that those reasons have been weeded out, so to speak, um, you're going to see a big shift in Russ. I really believe that.
2: Yeah, it's the simple answer right there is it wasn't just Russ. I mean, he played a part for sure. He wasn't as good as he could have been. He'll be the first one to tell you that. But there were so many other circumstances that made the Broncos offense bad and Russell Wilson bad, the offensive line, the injuries, lack of supporting cast, and most importantly, the coaching. So if you're wondering or questioning whether – last year or this year could be as worse as last, then you'd have to presuppose that all of those factors will repeat themselves. And I think the law of averages dictate Shab that Broncos won't be as injured. They will have better coaching. They will have a, a better supporting cast. And if they do have those things, then there's no way there's no way that a nine time pro bowler, one of the best quarterbacks of this generation overnight turned into Ryan leaf or Nathan right. Peterman. There is no yeah. way that's possible, and Sean Payton will
1: be the catalyst to undo that. Well, and even one of the encouraging components about what you just said is, yes, Russell Wilson shares plenty of complicity in how things shook out. It's not to absolve him of his share of the blame, but think about how the coaching fed into the worst, like, the, what's a good way to put this? How can I t- articulate? So all of the worst aspects of Russell Wilson's failure to launch last year, uh, many of them were manifested by the coaching staff. And I'm not just talking X as an Zach, but like, oh, Russ wants to cook. All right, Russ wants to be the guy in charge. Russ wants this. He wants his office. He wants his position coach. They gave him the carte blanche, and it turned out, at least with that coaching staff, he wasn't ready for it, right? He wasn't ready for it. Sean Payton, nipping those things in the bud, cutting this off, nip tuck here. All right, back to basics. We're doing things my way. Um, and so again, that's not to absolve us, but coaching had such a huge and just organizational uh, decisions. Organizational, um, what's the word I'm looking for, dude? When you when you allow something to happen, I'm I'm having a brain fart here. Not complicity, anyway. Uh, coaching had a. It'll come to me as soon as I'm done talking. But or, coaching had a bigger role in. The Russ aspect of, of his own shortcomings, I'm, I'm not articulating this well uh, last year than people think.
2: Yeah, I mean, and he's taking every step he can. enable.
1: So- enable. Sorry, that's the word I was looking for.
2: They did enable him, and Sean Payton is not going to allow that. I just, if you look at Russell Wilson and the Broncos offense last year as a pie chart, for example, that pie is cut into seven or eight different slices, and the biggest slice is not Russ, is not anything else other than coaching. That's my opinion. I believe Chad shares that opinion. A lot of Broncos country does. So with that pie being taken out now, it's
1: got to be better. Yep. Uh, James again bro thank you Seriously going off tonight He says that's a good point also New franchise new teammates new Coaches new city all these things Play a role and a role I don't think Russ himself anticipated yeah I think there really was James um This component to the whole Thing where He was a little too big for his britches in terms of He thought if he was given the freedom To do this and do it his way on this Aspect and his way there and have more freedom to do this and that and the other, that, man, here's how great it could be. Well, it turns out you weren't ready for that. You were wrong. And, I, and you know, when he talked about uh, in, in toward the end of the season, like, you know, looking himself in the mirror, or like making the, uh, you know, introspective, looking at what he needs to change, I think that's one of the things he had to come to terms with. Uh, long before the Broncos ended up landing, Sean Payton was, I thought I was ready for this, and I wasn't. It's like when... You know, your 16-year-old son gets his driver's license. He thinks he's ready to take the world by storm. You let him drive the car to school once for the first time. He thinks he's ready for that responsibility, but, you know, he rear-ends somebody. He thought he was ready, but he wasn't He because you don't know what you don't know. And so that was that was uh, one of the shortcomings for Russ. James saying again, thank you, bro. Maybe I'm being naive and biased, but I think we'll see the real Russ around midseason this year, at.
2: I I talked about the human element last night and the psychological element, and I don't profess to know Russell Wilson personally or where he's at mentally, but look at what he dealt with after the trade to the Broncos. His team kicking him to the curb, his once-beloved fans becoming enemies, him being persona non grata, public enemy number one in every national media member's mind, and even Broncos media member's minds. It had an effect, I, I think, and also the which we don't talk about a lot. No one really brings up the passing of his mentor last year. I forget his name, but that was a guy who he leaned on for years in Seattle. I think it messed him up emotionally, mentally, psychologically. It looked like he put on some weight and. Based on what we've gleaned since Hackett was fired the season is over, or last season, he lost some weight. He's smiling. He looks at a better place, and he's going to have better coaching. So the arrow is only pointing back up for us. It might not be as high as it was when he was 24 as opposed to 34, but it will be a lot higher than it was last
1: year. Amen. All right, guys, one last question I want to grab here, and it's kind of a fun one, and then we're going to sign off for tonight. It comes from Orange Bucky. And if you were in the sh- in the stream last night or listen to yesterday's podcast in the great column by Woody Page of the Denver Gazette, John Elway uh, talked about that, you know, kind of a, a uh, low key ambition of his was to maybe be, be become an actor. Not like, go oh, you know, make that his thing, but like see what could happen. And so. Orange Bucky's wondering, Zach, what role would you guys want to see Elway in if he were to decide to get into acting? We talked about Dan Marino and Ace Ventura and all that. So uh, what's what's the penultimate Elway role if he were to uh, land a job?
2: I want to see a buddy cop duo of Elway and Gary Busey. I I think (laughs) they'd be indistinguishable. I I think they would make a great tandem. I think it'd be hilarious. I have to see that happen
1: on the big screen. Oh, dude. Yeah, like a... uh like a lethal weapon with those two exactly. as the main protagonists. Uh, I could, I'm, he- I'm here. I'm here for money. that. I'm here for that for sure. Uh, well, well done. Zach. I can also uh, see him
2: being like a bad guy in some comedy movie, like the evil antagonist. That fit away LA perfectly. <laughs> Good for you, bud.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Gaila with an 11th hour super sticker jumping in. Thank you. Gaila. Really appreciate you. How, how, uh, how big a part of our community Become in the last couple of months It's been really cool getting to know you And having you in the conversation Just about every night And of course we are very grateful for the support Helping us keep the lights on um, We're seeing some uh, comments here yeah. Clint Eastwood remakes Zach Mr. Uh, Ed, Jesse that's, that's Jesse hard. with Jesse Hilborn with the With the uh, dagger Mr. Ed Okay Alright let's not get too carried away here You but, are a salesman <laughs> Yeah hey How fitting would that be um, But yeah, that that that's fun to think about. But uh, guys, this has been great. We're gonna dip on out of here. Don't leave quite yet, though. We got a few messages for you.
2: That was yet another wonderful MHH podcast. If you're not doing so, follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. Also, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can find Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like you've seen us rocking on this show or any of the shows on the MHH Network, check out MHHMerch.com for all your swag knees. And also, if you haven't, follow us on Facebook. Like the page at Facebook.com slash Pod. And if you're on Instagram, follow us at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. If you haven't, guys and gals, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football pre a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every month. But if anything, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Nailed it. Shout out
1: to these great Super Chat superstars and supporters tonight, starting with Sambam, Drake Wally, The Duchess, Michaela Parker, Gary Palmer, David McElrath, Jason Metz, James Richard going off, Michaela Israel, uh, Guy LaMaples throwing down, and then, of course, on Facebook, Howie Frickin' Day throwing down some frickin' massive stars, Michael Ronquillo, Phil McLaughlin, Colby C. Collier, George Fox, Lawrence Rivera. Much love and respect to you guys. Can't wait to uh, talk with you again on Thursday. We will be joined – we will be joined by Sam Bam. It's going to be fun for a superstar segment. James with a parting super chat saying Elway as the NCAA CEO, like in the movie, The Last Boy Scout. There you go. There you go. Is that with Bruce Willis? Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Willis oh, and Damon movie. Wayans. Damon Wayans, right? Wasn't that The Last Boy Scout or am I confusing it? Anyway. Uh, if it was, it was a
2: good movie. The, the Bruce Willis movie.
1: Yes, I'm pretty sure it was. Sad what happened to Bruce, dude. Bruce, Bruce got sick and degenerative disease. It's such a bummer. Um, Forever John anyway.
2: McClane, though, in my heart.
1: Yes, indeed. And the ultimate um, existential question, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's a question that can only be answered by the sages and prophets throughout time. We'll, we'll maybe never know the answer. But guys, love you. Don't forget, you got Broncos for breakfast on the bright. Uh, Well, yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow's Tuesday. So check that out. And then, of course, building the Broncos tomorrow night.
2: We'll see you all Thursday. Have a great start to your week. Take care. And as always, go Broncos.
0: Head on over to MileHighHuddle.com for all things Broncos.